That's a scary, smart drivel opening, John. Kurt Schneider here. And this is John Ellenthal. You started out with a facial expression, which I know our listeners can't see. That was a little bit like Edvard Munch, The Scream. And then you turned into the Wicked Witch from Wizard of Oz. So that's a weird combo. That's called acting. Ah, I see. Well, I am not acting, but I do want to tell you about an unfair advantage that I'm bringing to today's podcast. In the spirit of full disclosure, I just had a York peppermint patty, and I am <laughs> feeling the sensation. They are so good. You, did you put it in a freezer first? Uh, no. Does that make it more oh, intense? Even better. Yep. I didn't know that. Well, I'll put some of them. I was disappointed when I opened the bag to learn that it wasn't a resealable bag. I just ripped the top off. Who makes bags now that are not resealable? But you know what yesterday was, in addition to it being a shopping outing for me, yesterday was Friday the 13th, Kurt. That it was. I believe you mentioned Friday the 13th last year because that was the day the Pope and the King of France wiped out the Knights Templar. Yeah, not even last year, but last week I mentioned it, yes. Yeah, I mentioned it last week. I wanted to make this a timeless episode. So therefore, people were scared of that date. And to this day, people have a phobia, John, about Friday the 13th, that something bad is going to happen. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Weird-ass phobias. Well, you and I have plenty of phobias. And I wonder if we have more phobias or we've caused more phobias. That's an interesting (laughs) question. But I don't want to leave Friday the 13th because it's the number 13 that is the problem for most people. And there is a formal fear of the number 13, which is why a lot of tall buildings don't have the 13th floor. And it's triskaidekaphobia, fear of the number 13. Tris from three, deca from 10. I get it. How does it manifest itself? Are you staying in every 13th day of the month? Are you skipping over the 13th step when you walk up your stairs? Are you, what, how does this? I think those are examples, but for our listeners who might be triskaidekaphobic, let's not cause them any more discomfort by giving them other things they can be afraid of, the number 13. What are some of the things you're afraid of, Kurt? I have some phobias. I'm afraid of vodka martinis. I'm afraid of the Eagles. I'm afraid of Jackson Brown. I don't know if there is a formal documented fear or phobia of listening to the Eagles, but there are plenty of fears that relate to animals. So... There are people who are afraid of fish, which is ichthyophobia. There yes, are people that are afraid of you know, animals in general. You'll get this one, zoophobia, but nothing related to the eagles or their rock and roll bandmates. There are, I think there's probably a fear for every single animal of a phobia, which I get because there's different things like my younger son is scared shitless of spiders for no reason, even tiny little ones. And Arach- what's that called? Arachnophobia. Exactly. They have all these ones. But I was thinking when we were talking about this, this podcast, there's a couple are really interesting to me. One is, and you're going to be blown away by the subtlety of this name, aerophobia. Is that afraid of flying? It's afraid of fresh air. You have a a fear of fresh air, but it goes beyond that. And here's here's kind of the, the problem. Now, if you have aerophobia, not only are you afraid of fresh air, but you're also afraid of air that comes in drafts or breezes. So like inside, if the fan's going or AC's going, 
no bueno, John. So what do you do? Where do you go? I and mean, what happens? I don't know. I'm just thinking as much as it seems ridiculous to us, how awful must it be to have that particular phobia? I mean, some of these phobias you can skirt. So, you know, Quinn's got a fear of spiders. I'm not a big fan of snakes, you know, which is aphidiophobia. But you can probably manage your life and deal with those things. But phobia, I can get over that. But if you're if you're afraid of fresh air, I don't know how you go about things. Then there's this one. I'm going to give you just another one because I know you're thinking about them too, but ephibitophobia. No, ephibiphobia. Is that afraid of phobias that don't seem to make any sense when you hear their name? (laughs) I don't know who makes these up. I'm sure they're all based in... It's all clinical stuff. And I think there is a lot of Latin going on here. I think so too. So this is a fear of teenagers or adolescents, epibiphobia. And here's what's interesting. Wow. it's That's universal, right? Well, yeah, adults look at, and it's it's in adults. It's not little kids. Little kids are not afraid of teens. And it's adults who look at teens out of control. I remember I was living in Palo Alto. I had two very young kids. I took them to the park. One was one, one was four, maybe. And we got to the park and there were some teenagers, maybe freshmen in high school, maybe sophomore. I got so scared of these kids. Like, what are they going to do? These crazy teenagers. I basically ran away with my kids and took them home. I had biphobia. And has this reoccurred at all? Because, Or is this like a one-time thing? Actually, very interesting you should say that. Because like a lot of phobias, one way to cure it is to spend time with a lot of teens. That's a really good point. Because you and I used to be afraid of podcasts, podcastophobia. So we did this primarily to overcome our fear. It's called going right at it. And so when both my boys became teenagers and their friends would come over and I'd coach their friends and their teams in football, I was surrounded by teens and realized there's no reason to have ephibophobia because they're just like everyone else. So that's how I addressed it, John. I actually dealt with it and waited for my kids to have You seem better. There was some but, tough years there in the middle. Look, there are a lot of fears that we all know about. I mean, there are people who are afraid of flying or people who are afraid of heights, acrophobia, people who are afraid of death or public speaking. Public speaking is a glossophobia, but there are some truly esoteric fear phobias out there. And this is my absolute favorite. And it is ironic as well. So it'll soon become your favorite too. Now, this is going to take me a moment to spit out, but it's my favorite. Hippopotomonstrosesquipedaliophobia. I'll say that again for you. Hippopotomonstrosesquipedaliophobia. That's a long word, right? That's fear of hippopotamuses in the wild that become monsters, hippo monster. So the good news, you don't seem to be scared because when I said the word, you didn't, you didn't exhibit any fear. Believe it or not, this is the fear of long words. That's like a real thing. So why would they name it so long? I guess it's just to sort of suss out when you hear it, whether you're afflicted or not. I would like to remember that, but I ain't got no shot. Well, yeah, you do, because what's that thing you know, that long word, which is something else, some affliction? Oh, I do know. (laughs) Sphenopalatine ganglioneuralgia. Yeah. Now, if you had sphenopalatine ganglioneuralgia phobia, you would be afraid of ice cream headaches. That's got to be a thing. Yeah. 
There's a thing for everything. Uh, yeah, I would be afraid of frozen margarita headaches, but yes. Can we get back to the animals for a second? And this is not a long word, so you won't get afraid of it. Okay. There is something called electorophobia. Fear of voting? <laughs> not elect, alec, A-L-E-K-T-O-R-O, phobia, electorophobia. Right. This is a fear of chickens. Wow. And I think it's fear of being pecked, but this fear, this phobia actually runs so deep that it goes to dead chickens on your dinner plate. Like if you're in a restaurant and someone orders a paillard of chicken, of poulet, you're afraid of it. It's not going to peck you off of the plate, John. Well, these fears are not rational, so I don't know that you can explain them away, but... You know, it does show you that there is a phobia for everything. In fact, there is so much of a phobia for everything that when you and I were talking at the beginning of this podcast, we talked about the number 13 and being afraid of Friday the 13th. Now, we talked about triskaidekaphobia, fear of the number 13, but believe it or not, there is actually a separate documented phobia for the fear of Friday the 13th. And apparently, 8% of Americans have this phobia. That's like one in 12. Parascaviticatriophobia. I'm afraid of saying that word. 25 million Americans have this? Yes, according to whatever medical, psychological, clinical documentation is. But we can't even leave it at fear of the number 13. We have to have a special one for, do you have achievemophobia? We're slicing the salami pretty thin. Does that mean I'm a fear of achievement? Believe it or not, yes, the fear of success. Some of these are are actually, when you hear the name, like monophobia is the fear of being alone. Everybody knows claustrophobia. How did that one get to be so popular that everyone knows claustrophobia? Because I have that, claustrophobia. What's the uh, fear of heights that I have? Vertigo. Why isn't it vertigophobia? <laughs> That's acrophobia. Oh, okay. Fear so these heights. are the ones that most people- Acro must mean high up, like Acropolis. That's what I'm thinking. Or necropolis, which is where the dead are. What's the fear of having sex with dead people called? Necrophilia phobia. There you go. <laughs> now, here's I one. I don't think I'm afraid of that, but I think I have a lot of other emotions around. I guess I am afraid of that, and but it's not the first emotion that comes to mind. Here's a new one for you, John. It's very recent. And I, oh, think, yeah. and I think they have the name perfectly. And it affects every single person from Gen Y and Gen Z. It is called nomophobia. And that is the fear of not having your smartphone, of being yes. without your smartphone. Nomophobia. You got your smartphone? No mo. I don't have it. No mo. You know what? I think I think that one's pretty widespread. Your um, it's your fear of losing your phone or having it not charged or having it dropped or whatever. I will tell you, one of my sons definitely has this, and a ton of people who I work with that are younger all have this. Look, I know when I leave the house without my phone accidentally once in a while, I feel uncomfortable. Maybe I'm even phobic about it because, you know, what if I get an important call? What if one of the kids calls? That kind you of thing. You are nomophobic. I, I am nonophobic. At least I'm not xenophobic. Fear of the number 13? Well, I think xenophobes are like oh, no, we already you know, went over that. fear it's of not. anything that's strange or foreign you know, like foreigners. All right. So you know what, then I'm going to go up even one higher, John. Higher than hippopotamonstrosesquipelodophobia? Well, first of all, there is something and I feel very 
badly bad for these people. You don't feel badly because my nerves and my fingers actually work well. So I don't feel badly. I feel quite well, but I feel bad if you have panophobia, which of course, what do you think that is with pan, John? Afraid of bread. Fear of everything. Oh Damn, gosh, like, that's meta. If you're going to be afraid of everything, so but here's one. So forget that. You don't want to be confused. I wonder if you that. can be afraid of being afraid. Well, so that's what it is. I was just going to tell you. It's called really? phobophobia. It's called fear of fear itself. Poor FDR. Now that is the ultimate meta, and that's called globophobia. Phobophobia. Phobophobia. Fear of fear itself. Wow. Now, didn't FDR say in his first inaugural, you know, he had four of them, but his first inaugural speech when he said, uh, we have nothing to fear but fear itself? Unless well, you're phobophobic or global. Is it phobophobic? Phobophobia is the well, fear. That makes sense because it's phobo. It's, it's basically a phobia of phobias. So it's phobophobic. Right. So what happens is it causes tons of anxiety. People are hyper aware of all the ways they could become afraid. And so they struggle to function because they're afraid that they'll experience fear. They have fear that they'll experience fear. So I'm worried about FDR that he created this. Here's what I think you'll get, Kurt. Gynophobia. <laughs> oh boy, fear of gynecologists? Uh, fear of women, which is um, not a good one. Your brother is a gynecologist, right? Yes, he is. You can't be a gynecologist and be gynophobic at the same time and do a good job well you could if you were really addressing it's like they have this they have this therapy where it's it's called exposure therapy where if you have an, an issue with something you go right at it well listen if if your brother was gynophobic at the beginning of his career it's lasted long enough that his by confronting his fear it looks like he's been able to address it here's what i think you'll like this is legitimately esoteric Sedan globophobia. Now, there's that globophobia. What was globophobia? You mentioned that a little while ago. Globophobia. No, you thought. Yeah, but you also said globophobia earlier as well. No, you did. I did not. You did. Oh, is there a fear of forgetting things? I said panophobia. So there's no globophobia? Until you just brought it up. Now you're well, going to globe is round, so it must be fear of round things. I don't know if that's really something. But Sedan globophobia, believe it or not, is the fear of cotton balls. Have you ever been afraid of a cotton ball, Kurt? You're kidding me. I don't know how this stuff gets diagnosed, but it's got a big, long medical kind of name attached to it. Sedan globophobia, the fear of cotton balls. Look, I know there's a fear of balloons, which, of course, there's a fear of clowns, which everyone has, but cotton balls? So you know who was not afraid of clowns? Judy Collins, because she sang Send in the Clowns. Stephen Sondheim. Don't bother, they're here. Yes, Stephen Sondheim, it's great. Have you looked at Life from Both Sides now? That's a different song. Written yeah. by whom? Carol King, James Joni Taylor. Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell. And she does a really slow version of it, which is really great. Judy Collins did the one that's famous. And in fact, like everyone who wrote songs in the late 60s, everyone's covered it. I love Neil Diamond. I don't like his version of Both Sides now. It Have the Eagles covered it? Uh, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't want to do it. So... Getting back to phobias for a second here, there is one that I'm going to piss off a lot of listeners by saying this, but it's an affliction that hits every single millennial. Okay. It's a fear of spelling an entire word out. It's called ergophobia. It's a fear of work. Oh, man. You have assailed a large swath of society. When here. you have an intense stress or anxiety around work. 
and you don't want to do it. So you just want to hang out and chill out and chill out and, you know, work's too tough. I don't have that problem, John. You know what else you don't have? You don't have iatrophobia, iatrophobia. I thank God I don't. You do. Fortunately, you don't have iatrophobia because you need a lot of medical attention, it seems. And that is fear of doctors. I, uh, iatrophobia. I assume that, it's pronounced okay, iatrophobia. Now, I know you're going to say you don't know this, but I'm going to ask your thoughts. I don't know. I know, but your thoughts on this. Do you think that would transcend to a fear of healing people or natural or, you know, Eastern medicine? Is it just a fear of Western medicine, the people in the white coats with the I, I think it's probably broader than that. I think. I think if you're afraid of doctors, you get to decide as the phobic person who and what constitutes a doctor. So if you were in a part of the world where Western medicine and a bunch of people in white coats with a lot of student debt is not a doctor, then I think you get to decide. It's your fear after all. So I don't think it has to be a Western medical doctor. So there's definitely subsets of that. I'm sure there's a fear of dentists. I'm sure a lot of men have fear of proctologists. You know, there's fears, right? And the medical There are world, lots of fears. But, you know, I, when I first discovered I had acrophobia, yeah, I was in St. Paul's Church in London. And I had been there many times, and I'd come back, and they have the whispering chamber up top. I went up top, I walked out, and you can actually see down, and all of a sudden, it hit me. And I had to get on all fours and basically crawl around to get to the other side. Yeah, so I share that with you, and it's gotten worse as I've gotten older. Much. I agree. I don't remember being so acrophobic when I was younger, but, and I don't know what changes that leads to it. Maybe you get to know that all of these incredible structures were built by man, although there are plenty of natural high places too. And maybe you go like, hey, people <gasps> make mistakes. But I was on the Harbor Bridge in Sydney, and they give these these walks where you walk up on top of the, you know, whatever the sides of the bridge, on top of the spans, not the roadway. No, no. You're, 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 I mean, I I would have been paralyzed and I was so thrilled when the people I were with, we went to sign up and it took longer than we had time for. So I got out of it, but even walking on the bridge made me incredible. I know I'm specifically afraid of bridges now. I don't like high places in general, but I have become afraid of bridges. What about playing the card game bridge? I'm not afraid of that. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of what it would say about me that I'd reached the stage of life that I was playing bridge. There must be a fear of old age. I don't know how to play bridge, so it's I don't know if I should be afraid or not. Oh, it's so strategic. It's unbelievable. I don't I know. Learned, I learned a very interesting... By the way, you did say globophobia. You right. made me seem like I had made that up or I had said it. But you said fear of balloons. I did not. Yes, you did. You I realize sh- that we you realize that we record these things, Kurt, right? John, this is like that commercial. We can throw the red flag. I said fear of balloons. I didn't say what it was. Maybe, maybe not. And I do think those are great commercials. And for folks who don't know what we're talking about, a couple's having an argument or a father-son having an argument. And just like in the NFL, you can throw the red challenge flag and you both look at the monitor, the replay of what took place. And and obviously one of the parties was wrong. And while it's an entertaining commercial, I can't remember for the life of me what it's an advertisement for. Progressive insurance. Now, John, well, I, I want to get back to something you said. You talked about, thank you. you know, do we is our sense of, of fear of heights because 
as time goes on, we realize as we get older, oh my God, these are man-made structures, this or that. Right. And it made me realize and remember an amazing fact I learned this week. And I bet you, you learned this as well. Why all the Roman structures are still standing. Do you know why? They were well-built. Because they were made with cement that heals itself. There's little things when it, when people first saw and would look at their cement, they said, oh, there's some problem. It's like little, almost like little particles that go in there that shouldn't be there that are seen as false. But these little particles actually work to reheal itself. None of our structures have it. That's why our things get, you know, ruined and thrown down and self healing. Now we, concrete. in, in communications, we have self healing token rings, these networks, but now you're telling me about self healing cement. J-R-R token? No, token rings. Oh, oh. I'm not quite sure what part of the tell. So, well, by the way, you did say token and rings. And when those are together, it's mostly think about J-R-R token. I think that's a totally fair my point. My precious, my ring. Are you coaster phobic? I do use coasters, so no, I have no problem. So you're not afraid of just putting your drink right down on the table? I don't well, you are afraid of it. If you, I don't like rings. Yeah, but, but coaster phobic does not mean that, Kurt. It means being coasters? afraid of roller coasters. I love roller coasters. That's the kind of scared that I like. Just scary. That's just, I love roller coasters. I may have told you this, but the scariest roller coaster I went on was Space Mountain with the lights on. Oh, what do you see with the lights on? You see how close you're being to being decapitated. Yeah, there's lots of I-beams in that Uh structure. And with the lights on, you realize how close you are. That is the scariest. You know what should be a phobia? It's a small world of phobia because oh, yes, you get that, that song is, in your head, is. you're done. Well, there is, there, of course, there is the fear of small places. So we talked about that, which is claustrophobia. Here's a fear that I have. I am taphophobic, which is the fear of being buried alive. So Tapho? Tapho? Taphophobia. You know how some people go spelunking and they go into these little caves and they crawl around? The thought of something collapsing on me or around me and me or like those miners who get trapped, unfortunately, underground, I would, I think my head would explode. My central nervous system would not be able to cope with those conditions. Did you I am seriously it? taphophobic. Did you always have that? I think so. See, I now have that too, but I didn't have that beforehand. I think acrophobia and this are together. Well, it's good because when we're in the uterus, that's a pretty tight space. So if we were taphophobic prenatally, we would have a serious, or we'd probably, maybe we were, and that's why we are the way we are. What was that great candy we had when we were growing up? Tangy taffy. Do you remember that? I love that tangy taffy. It had like different flavors. It came in the white oh. thing and you ate it. And it kind yeah, of- I think they still make it. I'll get you some. All right. So here's, I know we have to wrap up, but here's one I want to tell you. Dipnophobia. Dipno? Dipno with the P. Dipnophobia. Dipnophobia. I'm trying to think what that could possibly be. Dipno. Dipno. Fear of diapers? Dinner parties. Wow. Not dinner. Dinner parties. Like, are you so afraid that you're going to be served salmon or something like that? Is it a social anxiety or a food anxiety? I think it could be you're afraid of the, you know, escargot that's going to come. And then you're going to have to, like, do what people do where you eat it and you, then you bring your napkin up and you spit it in your napkin and then you make your whole your lap has all the food in it you didn't eat <laughs> and then the dog comes underneath and starts eating it and then you get busted and then you're 
trouble. And then you go to drink your red wine to laugh, and then you spill your red wine everywhere. Then everyone's upset with that. If you're going to pull that off, you need to not be sinophobic, sinophobic, which is the fear of dogs. I'm going to ask you some phobias and you guess by their names what they are. Okay. This is a good way to wrap up, John. I'm ready. I think you'll get the first one. So this will just sort of lull you into overconfidence. Banana phobia. Afraid of bananas. That is correct. Okay. I guess this one, I hope you don't have. Wait, why are you afraid of bananas? You cannot like them. They don't taste well, but what would be the fear? They scare you. Again, these are not rational. The brain's capable of some crazy ass stuff, Kurt. What if Carmen Miranda were banana phobia? Someone else's phobia. What if Carmen Miranda were banana phobic? All right. You ready for this? She wore the fruit basket on her head, John. I hope you don't have this. Coolrophobia. C-O-U-L-R-O phobia. Oh boy, I know what that is. Because I ski cool wars. It's when you're going down really like chutes and skiing in, in the Alps and these small mountainous passages. I'm afraid of no. that. No. It's a cousin, perhaps, of globophobia, which we established was the fear of balloons. That is the fear of clowns. Mm-hmm. Coolrophobia. Yeah, well, Bozo was pretty, but you know what we had good about Bozo? You know, I've talked about this. Had we had good about what what was good about if you had that fear with Bozo? What? Yeah. We had that rock'em sock'em punching bag that was Bozo the Clown would fall down and come back up. That's right. I had one of those too. Yeah, beat the crap out of it. And then you tackle it at the end. If you were feeling lonely, sure. Yeah. All right. Let me give you another one, which you definitely do not have. Cybophobia. C-I-B-O phobia. Mm-hmm. Afraid of the places in airports where you get, you know, food and snacks where you get on uh, the airplane. That is close. I thought of Cybo. Is that how it's pronounced? C-I-B-O I, the airports? I, I, I you think. can buy, you know, prepared foods. It yeah. actually, It's the fear of food, not the fear of stores and airports that sell food. But you know what? I'm willing to give you a partial credit for that because... Um, I thought the same thing. So I'm sort of giving myself partial credit then. All right. How's this one? Erythrophobia. Fear of going to urinate. No, fear of the arrhythmics. You don't like antiolenics. Oh. No. Fear. Erythrophobia is the fear of blushing. Ah, so, so what happens is... guy with Annie Lennox? He died. Her ex-husband, yeah. Oh. But sweet, erythro- sweet dreams are made of this. If you have erythrophobia, you're not going out because if you have a fear of blushing, you're not going to put yourself in a situation. Well, you're certainly not going to go to a dinner party. And if you were getting ready for the dinner party and you had to use a cotton ball and you were a sedan globophobic, there's a lot of crazy. There's we've established this. All right. Give me one more, Kurt. What is smart drivel phobia? I don't think that exists. I don't think there's anybody out there who's afraid of smart drivel. You're right. It was a trick question, John. All right, Kurt. Have no fear. Underdog is here. Yes. Do not be phobophobic. Don't have a fear of fear itself. It's a very good one. Then the other one, panophobia is a bad phobia because it's fear of everything. All right. Well, I don't feel scared. I hope our listeners don't feel scared. Actually there feel are some better now. wild phobias out there. And we're also not afraid of coming back next week with another episode of Smart Dribble. And we're not afraid to encourage you to have a week filled with Smart Dribble. We are not afraid. Ciao, everyone. Bye-bye.